through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God, for he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy.
I'd like to welcome you all to come tonight to Victory Christian Fellowship. And we're, we're changing things up tonight. So we're going to be doing the word first, then the music second. So we have an awesome God. You know, got home yesterday and it's like, man, sitting there, Dean, said, man, I said, I think we need to change things up. And she agreed. And I came to the, the music department and I said, oh, and they're all for it. And it's, so it's going to be awesome. So, Father, we just thank you again for this great night and thanking you for you are glorious indeed. And we praise you, everything that you do. So tonight, we're going to be into the precious blood of Jesus. That's what we're doing. But this Saturday is for the youth breakfast. And uh, it's from 9 to 11. It's going to be a good time. And uh, myself and Stephen will be the cooks. So we're going to bring it in for the youth. And Sunday, we're celebrating Dr. Fiona's 50th birthday. That's awesome. So we're looking for the Lord to open up some major doors for that. Then the baptism is coming up on July 16th. And we have a sign-up sheet back here in the corner. Then uh, in the beginning of uh, August... Reverend Shashil Kumar is coming, another awesome pastor, and he's great. Then Friday, we have prayer at the square, 6.30 to 7.30. Yes, another great time. So those who love to give, you know where the podiums are, the bookstore, back here in the hallway, you can either pay at the store or also online. And also for the commission club. And we thank you so much for helping out for those who are traveling. And we, we thank you all. So, Father, we just thank you. So now we're releasing kids' life. So we're actually having class right now. So we're going to be clapping to release the kids to go up. <laughs> All right. So the precious blood of Jesus, that's what we're getting into tonight. And we're heading into Hebrews 9.11. It says, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come. It says, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, so this is not of this creation. And this is, this is where God himself, he sits on the mercy seat. And this is where Jesus' blood presented there. And the name of God is announced. And Jesus is the high priest, is the one who, who does this. But when you acknowledge Jesus Christ as the sacrificial lamb, your sins have been taken care of immediately. And your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So God had a major plan for us since the very beginning of time. And so when you acknowledge our known, when you say, I accept 
that want to truly sacrifice the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And it says, when you confess this with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord of your life, and you acknowledge Jesus, you're confessing this before God and the angels. And it says, your sins are completely gone. And it says, your sins get wiped away at that very moment. And this is so when we go to the Lord in prayer, it says, remember that your sins are forgiven because of the transactions between God and Moses in the beginning. It says there is a tabernacle in heaven and the blood is there because Jesus took this blood with him into the Holy of Holies. So we're heading into Hebrews 9.12. And it says, not with the, the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. And the Lord says is when it takes, he talks about the blood of goats and calves, it's referring to what God would tell them to do for different sacrifices and grain offerings. Says everything is perfect now with God, as it has all been you know, satisfied through Him. And Jesus took care of all these sacrifices that He required upon on that time, and He gave it eternal redemption. Hmm. God is so good. And so the blood of Jesus speaks just like Abel's blood cried out from the ground, and God said to Cain, so I can hear your brother's blood crying out. It says that the blood has a voice, and Jesus' blood is speaking. And it's telling the Father that our sins are forgiven. Hmm. That's powerful. It says, as we appear before the Father, the blood is speaking and saying, this one is ours. They have been purchased. Hmm. Wow. And it says transaction needs to happen in everyone's life. That's how you become born again. And it says, the points here says the blood of Jesus is enough. And they became the perfect sacrifice for humanity. As Jesus was born as a human being, he was also God. He was not a hybrid. This is here we were born into the world as humans, a part of mankind. But so parts of the Bible who they had interbreeding going on, they were fully human, but they did not have a resurrection, nor did they obtain redemption. And this is where Jesus goes to the Father on our own behalf to redeem those who are are human. Then this is where the blood of bulls and goats cleansed and purified the flesh of sins in the Old Testament. And the Lord's saying that was not permanent at the time. In the situations that the sin problem was taking place. But Jesus' bloodshed on the cross, that was permanent. And his blood speaks forever. 
And we know the enemy, <laughs> he won the cross, Jesus himself, but it, it scared the enemy itself. Because even though you speak the name of Jesus and you add the blood, they want nothing to do with us. They just flee in a second. And this is what the Lord a plan from the and it's, he loved his children. And he says, No one's gonna touch my children. And Jesus agreed. He's like he came down and he took that cross for us. He shed that blood. In Hebrews nine fourteen and Lord saying, How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. This is cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And Jesus was without spot or blemish. And the ghosts presented had gone, right? So that they must have been something going on with the blood and the bloodlines. The Lord's saying is when Jesus' blood was so precious because it was, it was not tainted in any way, so pure. His blood washes us away of sin. And the Lord is saying because sin had to do with what happened in the garden. And it, it reminded me of many years ago at a, at a job I was in it was a, a religious spirit. They knew I was a Christian. So he had boldly came out. And he was saying about, well, if you're a Christian, how can you go hunting? And I'm like, well, I said, well if you remember right, who, killed, who took the first animal? It was God himself. I said, you know what happened to the Adam and Eve in the garden? So he had to come down, sacrifice the animal, clothe them. And that was the end of that. And that was the last time they said anything. And they said that the blood speaks. And it shuts them up. And the thing is, you know, God had to destroy the whole earth because what was going on to interbreeding. And it was so corrupt, and that's when Everything had to stop. And that's in Genesis 6:11, when everything, after the garden, when everything was going on, the hybrids, the sons of, of God came down, and all the corruption was taking place. So God had enough. So he had to come in with Noah to start all over again. And that's what the Lord's saying. If you don't have to desire to sin anymore, he says the blood of Jesus takes care of the sin problem within you. And it says your position with the God is also taken care of through the blood of God of, of Jesus himself. So we're heading into Hebrews 9.15. And it says, for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant. 
that those who have who called my to receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. And the point here is that Jesus is the mediator of the, of the new covenant, which means he is a lawyer. He looks over between the, the two parties, God and man. It says, when you come into the covenant, you sign papers of agreement. And he becomes the one to bring the two parties together. And says, so this is what Jesus did with the Father and us. And he was the mediator. I sat down at the table and said, all this I, I have been fulfilled. I, I need each one of you to sign here. And this is the agreement. And he wants us, and this is what he has to, get, to give it to us. The agreement, what he has done for us to sign off for the agreement. And he entered the position of mediator through his death. But he had to die to become mediator between God and man. And so this is a promise that we receive as an inheritance, which we have now. So when we're going to go into Hebrews 9.16. Just here, we're there. There's a last will and testament involved. The death of the one who made it most to be established. And what the Lord's saying is, if, if someone leaves you a will, it's rare that you encounter that will until the person passes away. Is when they pass away, then you receive the inheritance because of death. And this is when the, in Scripture Paul is saying that in a normal situation you receive your inheritance when the person passes, and they pass that that onto you. Is that that testament is a legally binding agreement with a person while they are still alive. And these points here says there's at least of all the benefits that will be transferred upon death and to whom it goes. The Lord is saying Jesus is sitting at the, at the table with the new covenant as it's based on, on better promises and a better covenant. And he's saying that all these things in heaven are already set apart and they're already holy. And he's saying this testament is a set apart that Christ entered in and took care of all these things for us. And what he's talking about is we don't always understand what we're you know, binding covenant in heaven, but there's, or there's always delays down here on the manifestations of things. And that's why we must have faith, because faith brings it from the, the heavenly realm into this realm. And the high priest Jesus entered it and took care of this. And now we have all the benefits in the new covenant. And says Jesus only had to do it once and it's permanent forever. And the thing is, you know, Jesus took care of your sins so you wouldn't be able to find the record even if you even looked in heaven once you get there. 
There is none. There's no cabinets with nothing in it. Except your book written of all the good things that he had for you from the very beginning of time. And every ratio one. That's awesome. It says you won't find sin in heaven. And that's, that's great. And there's no record of it there. But Jesus, he bought humanity back. And everything has been cleansed. And it says if a person stands before God and their name is not part of the Lamb's book of life, it's because they did not acknowledge Jesus was the way. And that's the last thing you want to hear. I know you not. Because that very second, you're gone. You're not seeing it in heaven. So it's very important to make sure that we know him and understand him and what he did for us. And to have that, that relationship. And so there's a different judgment for a Christian than a non-Christian as a Christian, you will not be judged with the world if you serve God and do not fall away. And the thing is, in the parables and in what Jesus said, you can see the judgment for us as, as, as an alloc, all it. And it says, when we appear before the Lord, that final time is just to give an account. And the Lord is saying, as Christians, we are cleansed of our sins. He says, if you have confessed that Jesus is Lord, you repent of your sins, and you walk in repentance, then your trespasses are forgiven. And this is where you do not feel guilty of any longer. And the Lord cleanses us. It's for It's forever. But we know how the enemy tries to come in and tries to remind us of the things we've done in the past. And just remind them that where he's going to be sitting at the end and where we're going to be. You know, many times he'll come and nitpick, knock on the door, say, hey, man. He's like, how about this, this, and that? I was like, what do you mean? That's all gone. Get out of here. And this is, you know, the, the tempter. For a reason. So we're heading into Hebrews 10, 1 through 4. It says, For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, not the very image of the things, can never, with us, these things are the sacrifices which they, they offer continually year by year, but make those who approach it perfect, but then they would not have ceased to be offended, but the worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consequences of, of sins. But in these sacrifices, there's a reminder of, of, of sins every year, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. And what the Lord is saying is the system in place was not perfect or permanent that they did in the Old Testament. 
and the sacrifices, they delayed the judgment of sin. But the sacrifices were in place until Jesus came. And the thing that the Lord is saying is he wasn't pleased with that system. See, he prepared a body for Jesus to be the perfect sacrifice. So we're heading into Hebrews 10, 5 through 10. He says, therefore, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. He says, in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you, you had no pleasure. And I said, behold, I have come, and the volume of the book is written of me, as to do your will, O God, previously saying, sacrifice and offerings, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. So he takes away the first that it may establish the second. By that will, we have sacrificed through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And the points the Lord has here is Jesus came to fix everything. He made the old system look efficient. It made him look pretty bad and effective. But you can see how effective it was by Jesus, how he came, how he spoke to the Pharisees, how they were doing things wrong. He was, he was setting them up, speaking, telling them, you're doing it wrong. This is not how it needs to be. And so they were, they were making the law so hard on people, there was no hope for them at all. Then the old system and sacrifice in place, and there was always a reminder of sin. They always brought it back in their faces. And it says, if had sacrifices worked, then there would be consequences of sin. It wouldn't have been a permanent solution, but it was not. It says, now the sacrifices are, are done away with as we have a new covenant through Jesus and the veil in the temple is rent or torn. It says when Jesus was crucified, he said, it is finished and the veil was rent. Now the Holy of Holies is open to us because of Jesus. His blood shed for the remissions of sin. He said he is the new and living way. And said he took away the first to establish the second. He came and transferred everything over to the new. And Jesus came with the new with the good news and he announced it to everyone. That's how it should be in our faith. And it says, and we're going into the new covenant with the Father God. And we're heading into Hebrews 10, 
12 through 18. And it says, but the man, after he had offered one sacrifice, sins for another, sat down at the right hand of, of God, from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected everything forever for those who are, have been sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also witnessed to the to us, and for after he had said before, he says, "This is the covenant that I will make you." Who after those days says the Lord, "I will put my laws into their hearts and into their minds, and I will write them down." Says of their sins and their lawlessness deeds, I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven through sacrifice to their sins is no longer necessary. And what the Lord's saying here with these points is Jesus, is, he is seated at the right hand of God. And he's waiting for his enemies. And he said he made them his footstool. It's, this is for once and forever. And this is the thing, people are still asking God to do certain things that he's already done. He can't do any more. He already, he did it all. It says God has done everything he's going to do at this time about Satan. He's already, he already judged him. And this is Jesus isn't going to do another thing until the devil because he has already completed everything else. But we have the authority to trample down the devil no matter what. He gave us that authority. And that's what he wants us to do. And what's reminded me of make the enemy his footstool. But they, in the old ways where they, when they went out and conquered the territories, the kings, they would sever their heads and would take the head back to, the, to their king. And the king would take his foot and plant it on his head. And that's what, that's what they did. And he says, now, he's, their territory is mine. And this is, what, and this is what Jesus is saying, is everything that tried to come to you, is my foot is already on their heads. No matter what serpent, is we, we have the swords to cut him to pieces and take him right to him. And this is what he's saying. And Jesus had become everything we need. And so when he, he left the earth and he sat at the right hand of the Father, and he sat another one, and he sent the Holy Spirit with him. And this is when the Holy Spirit is needed to enforce the covenant and enforce the blessing. So we're in a win-win situation no matter what. From the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want us to lose anything. He wants that, to see the inheritance. And he tells us how to implement into our lives and he, how he guides us. But it won't get done it if we don't want to do it. So he's encouraging every one of us to go forward and do as the Holy Spirit would 
ask us to do. And that's the greatest part because he smiles every time. He's like, okay, this is what I want you to do. It's okay. I mean, the old Nelson is like, all right, I'll do it. And now it's like, quicker yet. So, all right, no problem. And it says here, so we need to pray that God knows that we're going through it, right? But we still must, you know, pray because the transaction must happen. As Jesus came and did all he's going to do, he gave it to all of us. He gave it to us to do. But through the Holy Spirit in us, that transfer must happen. And so there must be the manifestation through that transfer and transaction. And so we're being perfect as we walk it out, but we're perfecting in, in the position we're going to be in. And it says your conscience has been cleansed, and you should not even want to sin. And it says if you sin, it's, it's, it is an addiction that you may, may need delivered, or you need to, uh, to further to understand the knowledge and wisdom of the covenant. And the Lord's saying, as believers, we need to understand what we have in Jesus Christ and knowing who we are in him. So he made us in his image, and he wants us to walk daily how he walked with the Father. He says, I only did what the Father has done, what he's asked, and, and the Lord's asking us to do what he has done and what he's planning on doing with us. And this is the, the Holy Spirit. He said he is the one who witnessed the new covenant in us. And the Holy Spirit, he testifies and enforces this uh, inheritance. He says we need to go from positional to relational with God. So we're heading to Hebrews 10, 19 through 23. It says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the the holiest by the blood of of Jesus, it is by a new and living way which he has consecrated for us, but through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God. And the thing is, the, the only way to have boldness is to know that you are cleansed and you are in the right standing with God. And the points the Lord has is the high priest would tiptoe into the Holy of Holies. And this is because they weren't, they weren't sure if they did anything right before they even went in. And that's why they had the rope around their ankle. This happened, we're scared to even walk in. Because they, they had a mindset where if something would come into their mind, or if they sinned, that they would drop dead right there and then, and they had to pull them out. And that was that was the Old Testament. And the thing is, that the veil symbolizes the 
the flash that separated uh, the holy place from the holy of holies. It says now when we enter, now we because it, the Lord he ripped it, but now he is the he is the the high priest. So we're heading to Hebrews ten twenty two through twenty three. It says here, now let us draw near with a truth heart, true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from the, an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who has promised is faithful. And what the Lord's saying, he says, as a Christian matures, their conscience will not be evil. It's going to be cleansed, and their hearts is going to be pure. It says your body is going to be washed with, with the purest water. It says if you wash your body and your mind every day with the, with the word, it says you'll find your heart with your word and all and the Lord is saying this is when all three of your parts will work together. When you when you work, you keep in the word, you read this word every day, daily, day and night, because it says meditate on it. And the word the Lord gave me today is a lot, there's a lot still in the churches. They're TV junkies. They're still re, sitting watching TV, getting this worldly stuff in their system. And they're, they're still saying, well, I need to come closer. And what the Lord's saying is the only way you come closer is if you drop the TV. And he's serious because there's some major things coming up. He wants us to be pure about a lot of things coming. And when, another thing he was talking about is watch what's on our iPads. What are we getting into? What's popping up on the screen? Are we deleting it? Are we sitting there watching it? Then he talked about who we hanging with. He says we need to watch because if you're more into the world, he says we're still carrying those backpacks, and they don't want to get rid of the backpacks full of the worldly desires. And this is there's a lot of things he spoke about today. Why a lot of churches do not understand the Holy Spirit or why they want to talk to the Father or why they cannot hear from all three. They, they were to read. He would show you deeper things in him. The greater things, he would take you to the heavens and show you the things that a lot of people have not seen. And he'll show you different codes, how he shows up here. He wants their desires, but he wants to see us grow in him. And when the Lord said he's, he's coming down, it's that very second. He's like, I'm coming down to see you. And this is what he wants for every one of us. He wants us to throw out everything he wants us to do to come closer yet. And that's when he gave me the list. He's like, I want you to get rid of this, 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 and that. 
okay. And this is what he wanted. And we, we climbed to, with my, to my parents' house. I think it was like four or five dumpsters we, we threw out, threw us stuff, even though things were supposed to be inheriting things, but we threw all that stuff out because it wasn't worthy of being to have. And this is what the Lord was sharing with me today on the, on the cleansing part. He's like, he's, he's, you stuck with me all this time. He's like, I want you going back in and picking more things up. That was in the family line. He's, he's, he is my new family line. So we're heading into Matthew 27, 22 through 23. And he says, Pilate said to them, what then shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? And they all said to him, Let him be crucified. Then the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. And the points with the Lord showing here, the people were saying to crucify Jesus. But Pilate was asking, Why? What evil has he done? In other words, you know, this is going to be punishment because I, there's no need to have punishment on this man. He's he done nothing wrong. But this is when the people cried out more for him to be crucified. And this is what, at the point that he would be killed innocently without reason. And that's what, just like when Cain, when he did to Abel. Innocent blood was shed. So we're heading to Matthew 27, 24 through 25. And this is when Pilate saw that he could, he could not prevail at all. But rather, there was an uproar was arising. So he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. He says, you will see it. And all the, all the people answered and said, his blood will be on, on us and our children's head too. That was a foolish thing to say. And this is the point where, you know, when Pilate washed his hands and, and he claimed his innocence. But it says, according to Roman law, you can't kill any anyone who is not guilty. And he said he announced Jesus' innocence. He didn't want anything to do with it. Then this is when the guy came in to Cain and said, "Why are you so angry?" He says, "Why do you look at?" so dejected and why you accepted that what you did was right. And that's what the Lord was saying. He was like, it wouldn't have been taken care of if Cain had offered a blood sacrifice before sin, before a blood payment. And so sin is like an animal that desires 
its prey, and it's on its way. So it's able to sin was crouching at the door of Cain's heart, desiring to have him. But when Pilate washed his hands of the situation concerning Jesus, he didn't, he didn't take it on. He said he had to be transferred to someone else. And according to the thing about Matthew 27, 24 through 25, says, why did, why did Pilate wash his hands the situation according to Jesus? He said, he's seen the truth. And he knew the, the blood that came out right there. And then he, he saw fear. Fear already came to him already. But the thing is, this is when 27, verse 26, this is when he released Barabbas to them. When he, and this is when they beat Jesus to no end. Then they delivered him to be crucified. So we're heading into John six forty-seven through fifty-one. And it says, "Moses, surely I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life." He says, I am the bread of life. He says, your fathers ate the manna that in the wilderness and, and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven. And the one may eat of it is not dead. He says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I should give to him is my flesh which I say give to, for you for life of the world. And the points here that Jesus announced that, that he was the bread of life. And he was saying, I am not just any listening to my teachings, but he's teaching that this will make the change. And this is what Jesus wanted to go deeper with them in a relational level. And he knew that they were just following him around to see the miracles because of what he was doing. But what really Jesus wanted to do, he wanted to show them that he was the, the bread that came down from heaven, just like a supernatural manna that came down into the wilderness. So we're heading to John six forty-seven through 58. And it says, the Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said to them, Moses, surely I say to you, unless you eat of this flesh and the Son of Man and drink his blood, that you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. He says, I will raise him up. At the last day, for my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. But he who eats of my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I am in him. And this is what he's saying. Is he's trying to get them to a different level, or a higher level of understanding. 
is that as you go deeper, there are points where people can't go any further, whatever, whatever reason. It's not always for the right reasons. That's why they leave. And that's when, the, when people left Jesus. And that's when hardly anybody was left. And so he was taking them to a deeper level of understanding with relationship and transformation and change. But he didn't want them, said he didn't want them to hearing all the time and not being changed by the words. And this is what the Holy Spirit, he's here to talk to us, encourage us to get more from the understanding that he has for us. He wants us to dig deeper to different levels. And in the Bible, there's so many different versions that's out there. It's written, the Passion is a good translation to read, amplified, but there's so many things you can, you can learn, different translations. So we're heading into John 6, 57 through 58. And it says here, as the living Father sent me, I, I live because of the Father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna. Says they are all dead, but he who eats this bread will live forever. But and this is what he said: is that they receive manna every day. But it didn't cause them to live forever. But his spiritual manna, he'll make you live forever. It says you feast on him daily, as you will see it. And it says the bread that comes down is a, it's a whole lot. It, it, it gives you more nutrition because each, each piece will give you a different revelation. And that's what the bread, because every part you see of Jesus, there's a different part of him he wants us to give, a deepness. That's including tongues, interpretations, all the gifts, every piece you eat, you're going you're gonna to receive. So we're going to ask the worship team to come up. So he wants us to receive more of him daily. But if there's anybody here that needs prayer for anything, you can come up as you want as they start playing. We'll pray for you as the music goes. But we do want to hear from the Spirit what He's saying. And we just want to hear what the, what the Lord wants.
work in our lives. We're going to celebrate His blood. We're going to celebrate who we are in Him. This is a place of freedom. This is a place where Jesus reigns.
my Savior and my friend, by your grace I live and breathe to worship you. At the mention of your greatness, in your name I will bow down. In your presence fear is silence, for you wear the victor's crown. Let your glory fill this temple. Let your power overflow. By your grace I live and breathe to worship you.
you can be with me for eternity, says the Lord. For I love every one of you. This is why I've done it. This is why. For you are who I am. And I'm in you. And we, we thank you, Father. And we praise you. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Glory, glory, glory. And we thank you, Father, for this great night. You are very awesome indeed. And we thank you, Father, for having such a marvelous Son, Jesus, going to the cross for us, spilling that precious blood for us. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in our midst, showing us to be in you even more. And we thank you. We praise you. Amen. And we thank you for everybody coming out tonight. We praise you.